You have reached Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey, a ministry and podcast of the Discover Young Adults Ministry at the Preston Crest Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. We meet at 945 on Sunday mornings, and we have small groups all throughout the week. We are located at Preston Road and Highway 635 in North Dallas. My name is Jacob Hawk. I'm the Young Adults Minister and the host of this podcast. It doesn't matter if you are single, dating, if you want to be dating, if you're married, if you want to be married, or if you're divorced, or if you're trying to figure out at what stage of life you are passing through. At the Discover Young Adults Ministry, we want to help you discover life, discover love, and discover the Lord. If I can help you or serve you in any way, or if I can pray for you, please email me at jacob at pressingcrest.org. Well, good afternoon or morning or whenever you are listening to this, we want to welcome you again back to Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey. We are glad that you are with us today as we are continuing this new series on prayer. And I'm very excited today to have a good friend of mine, Steve Bailey, with us. He is the preacher at the Brown Street Church of Christ in Waxahachie, Texas. He's been in ministry for many years, and I am anxious to hear some of his thoughts on some questions we're going to address today about prayer. But before we get into the topic, I want to uh, welcome Steve. Steve, we're glad that you're with us today. Hello, Jacob. Thank you for having me, man. Looking forward to this now for a couple of weeks. We've had a little issue of getting together, but maybe today we got it salted away and we're ready to do this. And uh, I'm at your disposal, as they say. All right. Well, we're glad you're here, Steve. Tell us a little bit about your family and your ministry there at Brown Street before we get going. Sure. Be glad to do that. You know, I've been in the Metroplex for about 15 years now, and 12 years of that was spent at the Mesquite Congregation. And uh, it was a good work for me. Uh, the elders at Brown Street called and said, would you come out and talk to us? And I turned around twice, and here we were. So uh, it's hard to believe, but I'll start my fourth year pretty soon. And uh, we're enjoying the ride out here at uh, Brown Street in Waxahachie. Wonderful church, wonderful set of elders, really, really growing to love this church. And uh, so anyway, it's good to be here. Well, I'm glad that you're there. I love that church dearly as well. And many people know how wonderful of a church that is. And so we're thankful for uh, your ministry and the work that you're doing there on the south side of Dallas. Now, Steve, how long have you been in ministry? Tell us a little bit about different places you've been other than Brown Street. Oh, my. Well, that might take a few minutes, but I guess I've been full-time in the ministry since 1976. I was very, very blessed, and I, I want to acknowledge that at the very get-go. I was very blessed. I walked across the stage at Oklahoma Christian uh, in April of 1976, and a lot of my friends who majored in music and majored in business, majored in other things, didn't have a clue what they were going to do for a job. And I walked across that stage and I shook the hand of an elder and I told him I'd accept that job that he had offered to me. And I went to work just a few days later. And so Keith and I have been very, very blessed to do that since 1976. We were married two years before that. And uh, Jacob, I don't know if you know this, but my wife went to Harding for two years. I know you went to Harding. My wife went there her freshman and sophomore years. We got married at the beginning of our junior year. So it led us to Dallas. And then after that, we moved to the Oklahoma City area where I was youth minister for six and a half years at the Dell City mm-hmm. Church of Christ, which is a great, great work. I have many, many good friends at Dell City to this day. In fact, one of my very 
best and wonderful young men, 56 years of age today. Uh, he's in the hospital in Norman, Oklahoma, and he's struggling with his health. And so we're talking about prayer today, and I want you to know I've been praying about him a lot. But, you know, it's, it's interesting. You asked me where I've been. All of these places have us connected, don't they? Mm-hmm. We're, we're connected. Um, who was it? Uh, Kevin Bacon said we're six degrees connected, but I think in the church it's three degrees. Right. I know somebody that you know, you know that I know, and the church does that for us. So after Dell City, we moved to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I was there for a few years, and I felt that I was being nudged or urged to preach a little bit. So I moved to my first preaching job in Edmond, Oklahoma, a little congregation of 110 people at the time, 111 on the first day I think I was there. And uh, we grew to almost uh, 400 in a few years. And then I moved to Midland, Texas, was there for three and a half years, came to Mesquite after that. And then uh, I hope this is my final place. Uh, you never know what's going to happen to us. But uh, we've been here since uh, my brother-in-law died. And then after that, so February of 2016. So here we are. And I'm talking to you today. Okay. Well, there are some things in there I did not know. I did not know that your wife went to Harding, which that yeah. makes sense. That why that's why she's such a stronger Christian than you are. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, uh, but but I know she's a wonderful person and wonderful support to you and your ministry, oh, yeah. and and she's done many wonderful things herself. So, well, we are glad that you're here today, yeah. and obviously you bring a wealth of experience to the table, uh, being in ministry since 1976 and working. Uh, for congregations in <clears throat> Texas and Oklahoma, different parts of Texas, different parts of Dallas. Um, yeah, true. And then knowing all of these people and how prayer has been a significant part, I'm sure, uh, of a successful yeah. ministry. And so we're going to spend some time today talking a little bit about prayer and why prayer is so incredibly uh, important. And so the first question that I have for you today, Steve, for those listening, really, the, the title of this episode is what I've learned from prayer. And obviously, uh, Steve has learned some things over the years. But in your opinion, how does prayer affect day-to-day life? Well, that is a great question. I uh, I think what I would say about that, Jacob, is that it really sets the tone for every day that we live. You know, some people get up in the morning and say, good Lord, it's another day. Other people get up and say, good Lord, it's another day. Right. It all depends on your uh, perspective and how you look at things. And I like to start my day off thinking about God, uh, maybe uttering a silent prayer to myself as I'm getting ready, anticipating my day, what's going to take place in that day. And we always have a list, don't we? Mm-hmm. Things we have to do. And we check those off and we have to bathe that in prayer for sure. Uh, I grew up in a family where prayer was a big part of our family. Uh, My dad took a job after there was some things in his life he could no longer do. And so we we really spent a lot of time in prayer and we pulled up roots in West Texas and moved to Arkansas. And uh, a lot of prayer went in that decision. So I've been taught, uh, was raised by a good Christian mom, good Christian dad like you've been. And uh, we look back on that and we're very blessed, aren't we? Absolutely, absolutely. So how would you say that prayer has affected specifically your ministry over the years? Well, that is a super question. Uh, I, I don't think there's any facet of the ministry that I've been in that I could have done without um, the power of prayer. 
Uh, I can't imagine any preacher beginning a new year looking at a blank piece of paper with 104 slots on it, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and preaching and not bathing that in prayer. And so I like to do that, and I like to start out talking about that and I think any preacher that starts a year without praying really ought to stop and think about that. If I might share just a little brief uh, story with you we like to uh, here at Brown Street we like to be with our staff in about the second week in August and we sometimes get away sometimes we do it in house we get away we turn our phones off we ask the secretary's administrative people to not bother us and we'll spend eight to ten hours on one day and we'll take that church calendar and the first thing we do before we even talk one thing about a calendar is we ask God to bless our efforts and to help us, show us, and give us wisdom and uh, lead us and where this church needs to go. So we'll spend uh, from 9 o'clock, and we usually wrap it up uh, about 7 in the evening with a dinner somewhere. And then we bring those plans to the elders, and they look it over, and we pray about it some more. But, you know, any minister listening today, I would highly encourage mm-hmm. this process uh, to do that. I'm curious, Steve, when you look at that paper of 104 slots, I know, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about and the, uh, the pressure that that can bring and wondering what in, what in the world am I going to say next month or some weeks this Sunday? Uh, how, how do you, to use your phrase, how do you bathe that in prayer? What does that sound like when you're praying to God? I, I ask God to give me direction. You know, we, James says, if you lack wisdom, you ask God for wisdom. And you have to keep your ear to the ground. You hear the needs of the church. You hear the sadness in people's voice. You hear the joy in their voice. You listen the previous year. And I'm a kind of a note taker. Sometimes it's some post-it notes, but I put those away and I think about what I'm going to preach about in the coming year. And then I kind of organize that according to needs. But before that, we kind of look at it and say, what would be an overall theme that our church needs this year? So for 2021 at the Brown Street Church, our theme is going to be reignite. Mm-hmm. That uh, the, f- the flame of 2020 <laughs> has gone out. You know, it's been a rough year. And so we're kind of throwing some of those plans away and we're trying to reignite. But I think you bathe that in prayer by spending time asking God to bless those efforts. And if that's not what he wants, then hopefully he'll make that clear to us. We need to go in a different direction. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. That's a good answer. And I don't mean to be asking kind of abstract questions, but I do want to ask one follow up no. question on that. How, how do Please. you how do you know or feel like when he's answered accordingly to that? that prayer request like when do you know okay here here's the direction we need to go yeah that is the super question uh one of the reasons we start in august is because uh, i'll go into the guys and i'll say now look in a month in july i'll talk to them and say we're going to meet in august i want you to be thinking about this and what we're going to do and uh, we're going to ask god to bless us and then you know jacob it's just been amazing to me in the years we've done this when we ask God to help us and direct our steps, that it's uncanny. I don't know if that's the right word to use or not, but it is amazing how things just fall into place. Mm-hmm. Like there's an order, there's a sequence to things, a scope and a focus of things that need to be done. And I, I really believe with all my heart that God answers prayer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know that feeling too like you're saying just when you've been praying over what series do i need to preach or how do i need to phrase something and you may pray that on 
Monday and then on Thursday or Friday of that week, it just clicks. And you know, that's a result of something that's been yeah. prayed about earlier in the week. Um, and have you ever labored over a sermon and then Sunday morning you get up and you just kind of pray a silent prayer and say, Lord, I, I hope this all comes out like I want it to. And, uh, and then lo and behold, when it's all over with, it did. It yeah. just was fine. I'll never say perfect, but it comes out fine. Yeah, and those are usually the best sermons you preach. You know, you have a <laughs> you <laughs> have right? a sermon yeah. that you think is fantastic, and then nobody says a word, and then you have one that you think is terrible, and people are like, "That's the best thing I've ever heard." So um, I know it. Yeah. I know it. Yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah, it reminds you who's in charge. Uh, when stuff Amen. like that happens, Amen. Not you. Amen. So, um, hey, can I interject one other yeah, thing here yeah. before you move along? Absolutely. I, I wanted to say just something about this. Um, I I randomly split the names of the church up, and what I mean by that, the names in our um, directory. And uh, the first of this year in 2020, I randomly took all the names and I divided them up into weeks. And I put those names in the bulletin and uh, on every week I'll have 10 to 11, sometimes 12, but usually 10 or 11 names of families. And I say, Steve is praying for you this week. Is there any need that you have? If you have a need or a special prayer request, email me at my address. And it has just been one of the most remarkable things for me this year. And knowing that I'm praying for every single member in this church. And I'll wrap that up here close to the end of November. And I did that intentionally. Uh, December is very busy for a lot of people. It's busy for preachers as well. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage any uh, fellow ministers that are listening to this, they might consider doing the same thing. And it is enlightening, Jacob, when people come up and say, I want you to pray for me because I have this in my life. And you kind of look at them like, you? Mm -hmm. I cannot believe that. It's almost like shock and awe, but we keep our preacher face on and, yeah. and we listen to what they're saying and we say, I will pray about that. Yeah. And oh, it is so rich. It's so good. And that is a very neat thing, very touching thing. And and that helps you get to know your church too as to what you need to be teaching on or preaching on and how you can encourage people. Um, Absolutely. So when has prayer been easy for you and also, when has it been more difficult? Well, let's take the hard one first. Uh, I think prayer is hard when, uh, and this is probably going to sound terrible, but I think a lot of people can relate. When when we're upset and we're angry, something has made our day go uh, terrible, horrible, no good, and very bad days. Uh, I think for me, that's when it's hardest for me to pray. But in retrospect, that is the best time for us to pray. Because when I pray and I talk it out and I ask God to remind me, not for me to remind God, but for God to remind me, he's got this. He's in control of this. I don't need to stay up all night long worrying and fretting and praying about it because he's awake. He knows what's on my heart and he's going to take care of it. And you know, Jacob, it's just amazing. By the time that prayer is over, however long or short it might be, it's amazing how that just kind of takes the tension off. The second thing that's hard for me about praying is when you've been in an argument and maybe it's a coworker 
God forbid, it could be your own spouse, your husband or your wife. But it's hard to hold the hand of someone and pray when you're mad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so when you pray, it's amazing by the time that prayer is over, how much calmer things are. And so I would encourage people to pray even when you're angry. Let God know you're angry, you're hurt, and it will be a burden lifted off of you. Now, the positive thing, I think it's good when we pray that we're having an ongoing discussion with God. I like to start my morning when I'm showering, shaving, getting ready. I'm having a conversation with him. Sometimes I pray in my little commute to the office. I pray that God will help me to have a good day. And if I'm in my car, I'm going to pray out loud. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to talk to him just like we're having a conversation right now between me and you. And it has a calming effect on us. Right. And I think that lowers our blood pressure. I think it helps us have a better attitude. We don't come in the door with a scowl on our face. Uh, We've talked to the Lord. What could be better than that? Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. That's Philippians 4 about the anxiousness disappears when the peace of God comes in, and that's that's done through prayer. Uh, That's a promise of Scripture. So uh, here's maybe the million-dollar question because um, – as we're recording this today, tonight is the final presidential debate before the election, and uh, people will be listening to this uh, the following week, which will be one week out from the big 2020 election. Um, what kinds of prayers do you think the church needs to be praying right now uh, the most? We need to pray that God will help us to understand he is in control He puts leaders on the throne. He takes leaders off the throne. He puts leaders in power, and he removes people in power. I don't know how this election is going to work out, as you and I are talking right now. In my heart, I think I know, but if my man does not win, I have to rely on the fact that God knows best. I'm going to preach Sunday night about the providence of God and governments. And one of my points is going to be, it's possible that God has blessed America so much over the years that we have gone so far away from God, taking him out of our schools, taking him out of government, taking him out of every facet of life just about. He's going to possibly bring us down. Is it possible that God could do that? You better believe it is. He's God. He can do anything he wants. And maybe that will shake us to the very core of our foundation of how we got where we are and where we need to be. God's got this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is scary to think about that we could we could see that in our lifetime, but it shouldn't surprise us from what we saw with Israel and what we saw with Judah and then even countries that did not know God, like Babylon and Assyria and others, they were all brought down. Um, We have seen that numerous times in the Old Testament for sure. And even when uh, Jesus was coming to this earth, when God saw in the fullness of time that it was time for Jesus to come, God did a great work by allowing that king or that Caesar at that time to do the deed that he did. And it still allowed the Savior to come to this earth and was allowed to be born. Now, that is not happenstance. That is providence, that is God's hand in things, and God is quite capable of doing things like that even today. Um, So we need to be happy with whatever happens and turn it over to God and let God be God. So you may not want to answer this question, and if you don't, that's perfectly fine. (laughs) Okay. We'll get someone else to answer it um, who's brave enough to answer it. But 
Is it acceptable, biblically speaking, with the two candidates that we have for 2020 for people to be specific in prayer as to which can, which candidate they prefer to win when they pray to God, or should they just pray, God, may your will be done either way? Allow me to answer that with a question, and I will get back to answering it. But more than likely, in your ministry, you've had an opportunity where you've had two jobs looking at you, and you've prayed for those. Mm-hmm. And maybe you said, God, I would like to go to this place, but I want your will to be done. And, you know, God always shakes that up and sorts that out for us. I can pray, Lord, I want to go to the Brown Street Church, but if that's not where I need to be, then open a door and show me where that is, where I need to be and what I need to be doing. What's different than that in saying, Lord, I I may not like the qualities of this man, or I may not like the qualities of this man or woman, but I don't know the answer, but here's what I want. But I always want to pray your will be done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a great answer. Safe answer, but great answer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you want to know who I'm voting for now? No, no, we're not going to go that far. (laughs) But that's a, no, that's, that's a great answer that comes from uh, experience with life. And I would, I would tend to agree with you. I think God always allows us and wants us to tell him exactly what we feel, and that would include our preference, but it always has let to me, be let me undermined this. by I his had this, will. Yes, I'm sorry I walked on you there just a little bit. Let me, let me remind your listeners today, when our Lord was in the garden and he was praying on the night he was betrayed, do you recall that he prayed three different times for this cup to pass? Mm-hmm. He prayed specifically that he would not have to go through the ordeal that he knew was coming. How did God answer that? Mm -hmm. He didn't answer it the way Jesus prayed. Mm -hmm. So even our Lord had a prayer not answered in the way he requested. So if Jesus could pray for something specific, surely little old Steve Bailey down here in Waxahachie, America could pray for something. And hopefully uh, I pray in the right frame of mind and ask God to answer my prayer. He'll do that. Yeah. Same thing with Paul and the thorn in the flesh in 2 Corinthians 12. Same three times, three yeah. times, and three yeah, notes. Three times, yeah, yeah. My grace is sufficient for you, and uh, it's hard sometimes to accept that. You know, Jacob, I liken that to when we're driving down the highway and we're praying. We have this big windshield in front of us, uh-huh. and we can see everything that's coming down the highway. Isn't it amazing? We don't know what's out there, but we keep driving and we keep forging ahead. But when we look back in our rear view mirror everything is clear to us, right? Everything is made clear. And I have seen in my life when I've prayed about something and I look back in the rear view mirror and I say, I now see how God had a hand in this for me in my life at this point, this day, this hour, that God is still God and he's in control. And I hope everybody listening will decide that they're going to put that at the front of their mind, that they're going to learn to look through the front windshield. But don't don't forget, look behind you sometimes and see how God has answered your prayers. Sure. We're quick to ask, but we're not always so quick to thank God for answering our prayers. Sure, absolutely. Well, we'll get off the political thing and just last right. question I okay. have for you and then anything you may want to add, but... You know, uh, how do you know, you can go to the doctor and know when your body's healthy or when your blood pressure's healthy or your heart's healthy, but how do you know when your prayer life is healthy? 
Well, I think the short answer to that is when prayer becomes a part of your life, when it's just normal. You know, uh, I've heard of people say, we have a special place in our house. We call it our prayer room. Mm -hmm. I've heard of people say that they, they like to pray early in the morning when they get up. I know I have one of my elders who's early morning riser between 4.30 and 5. And for him, that's his prayer time. That's his study time. Others, it may be at noon. It may be at night. But, you know, whenever a person has a regular prayer life, that it's not something that you say, oh, I got to squeeze this in or, oh, I got to fit this in right here. No, it becomes a normal part of your life, just like eating, drinking some water, some beverage, uh, having it part of your normal life that you center your day and it fill it with prayer and you really wrap it all up with prayer at the end of your day. Um, you know, Paul said in Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. That's a hard verse for us because we like to put time on everything in this society. But I think what he's saying is we pray all the time. Mm -hmm. We pray in the morning. We pray at noon. We pray at night. We pray when we put our head on our pillow. So prayer becomes a normal, natural part of our life. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask this question of you and uh, kind of a rhetorical question. When someone asks us to pray for them, do we do it? Do we do it? Uh, it's more than just checking a box on Facebook. It's more than just agreeing with someone. It's not just liking something and moving on. It really is carrying that Christian responsibility out of praying mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. making sure that we pray when someone says, hey, Steve, Jacob, would you pray for me? about this situation. Oh yeah, I'll do that for you. And then as soon as we leave, we forget it. Right. No, we can't do that. Prayer right. is a privilege. We need to honor it and do it as much as we can. Well, Steve, those are some wonderful words. And I know that they come from the heart and they are evidenced through uh, the life and ministry that you've had for so many years. And so I thank you for your time today. I know that you're very busy and uh, we do want to remember the individual you mentioned earlier. Uh, in our prayers, who is struggling for his health in Oklahoma, and yeah. also pray for your ministry there at the Brown Street Church. Thank you. I want to close. You very much. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to close the day with the way that I close each episode by first of all reminding us all and encouraging us all to keep our eyes on heaven, and secondly, to remember that along this road of life, we will have road work along the way. But here at Road Talk. We want to help you get ready by navigating your journey. We hope you have a great week. God bless you, and we will talk to you next time.